Mastering the Storm is the Here's the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mastering the Storm. I'm your host, Elda. And Wenzel Tron, as per usual. So how's your week been going? Not too bad, you know, just in the swing of things as per usual with school and things like that. Um, almost, we got like a month and a half for my senior design project. Starting to make progress on that. Hopefully be done within the next month to basically troubleshoot the thing. And then I'll be basically almost done with school at that point, which would be awesome. Can't wait for that. All right, cool. Yeah. You're going to graduate graduate across the stage or are you just going to grab the diploma and run? Uh, I'll be going across the stage, but not this semester. I have like four classes left after this and then I'm good. Mm-hmm. But the the rest of it is just, like, degree-specific electives that are kind of, you know, coast through it, which is good. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Good. But, yeah, how about you? Um, You know, work's been kind of a little bit busy. Mm -hmm. We're we're preparing for an audit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we mentioned this last week. Yeah. So, uh, I haven't been playing Heroes, and, you know, I've been thinking about my commitment to WoW. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I have friends and I right. enjoy playing the game with them. But, you know, there's a lot, a lot of discussions about, you know, is Battle for Azeroth any good? Is it, has it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, animosity towards the game right now. You know, vocal animosity. Asmongold did a podcast or did a kind of a VOD over the weekend talking about his you know he feels that the the game developers aren't listening to the the player base mm-hmm. and i think that's a pretty common theme that we're seeing in all blizzard properties usually um you know and i guess for me you know i've started to kind of evaluate you know my commitment to playing well and trying to decide is it time to quit or not you know i mean and it was interesting because that kind of you know, I saw an article recently discussing, you know, what does it take to make a decision if you're going to quit it, you know, quit something, you know, and I shared that with you. And, you know, I'm kind of like, that's where I'm at right now is I'm just kind of like, I'm enjoying HOTS. I mean, I'm not going to quit HOTS at the end of that. So, uh, in fact, I'm kind of encouraged in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks. And I guess with regards to World of Warcraft, um, I'm kind of using the framework that Ghostcrawler kind of pointed out there. It's like, you know, if your friends are playing, you know, he says the two reasons why people stop playing the game is uh, a game is usually their friends stop playing or it becomes like something else, like too much. It becomes too much and they can't keep yeah. up with it. And I'm starting to feel like that way in, in World of Warcraft. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like to keep your necklace you know, pumped, you got to farm Azerite. And, right. You know, it takes, you know, every day it takes about an hour and a half to you know, farm all the Azerite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess I'm just willing to raid with my friends. But even then, I'm kind of like, I don't really feel like I'm putting my my all into it. I feel like I'm just participating, you know. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, Heroes is kind of calling me, you know. It's like, right. you know, it's like, I want to get better at that, you know. So that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I have officially unsubbed from WoW. I don't believe I have any more time right now. Nope. I've officially unsubbed. I mean, I just wasn't playing. Like, I didn't have much time at all between all the other things you've been doing, you know, at school, work, podcasting. Like, I just didn't feel the need to, like, want to do it. Like, I mostly played um, PvP Arena and, like, 2v2 with one of my friends. But when you really can't, 
put the effort in to grind out stuff, your character feels lacking, and it just doesn't feel fun to lose, you know? Because you have a tier deficit, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it was just purely skill-based, right? Like, it just normalized everything across the board. I think I could probably still play it. But um, for the most part, I, I just didn't think it was fun to just, you know, go in there to, like, struggle and then maybe win a few things here and there. But, like, I don't know. It, it just felt... It was just not fun. And then Heroes has been kind of on point lately with patch notes and things like that and making it interesting to kind of just keep jumping into matches, like, from the reason I started playing in the beginning. So it's just cool, you know? It's just kind of my thing. And I, I really enjoy playing, you know, in general. And um, I don't know. It, it's a, it's an interesting commitment, right? Because he kind of talks about in the article... Um, if you decide to leave the game for any reason, it doesn't help developers changing things system-wise, and it's usually not something inherent about the game that's bad. It's about how the players perceive it in some way or another, like or like extra extraneous of the actual game itself that exasperates the issue. I hope I said that right. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, go ahead. For me, for me, it's repetitive. You know, I mean, yeah, here's a strong repetitive, but well, here's. Yeah. <laughs> but um you know it's rather repetitive and you know we're we are progressing in more harder content so you know i'm not that's not the issue i mean the content mm-hmm. i just you know i just don't feel it's not like what it used to be where you, you it feels like you do have to get on the hamster wheel you know mm-hmm. and you know with regards to like legion I felt like I could keep up with my guild even if I didn't raid with them. By every just, day you know, or yeah, play just, every day. Yeah. By just doing the, the, the solo stuff. And I did, you know, for the most part for the first, you know, patch or two. Right. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed the five man content. The five man content now is rather difficult. And, you know, if you have the gear and you have the time to coordinate and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just a sign of the times. You know, we don't have the same disposable time we used to have. Where, Absolutely. I would agree with that 100%. You know, and you know, uh, you know that's where I'm at right now. I mean, you know, I, I like it. I think it's a, you know an okay expansion. I don't really understand the whole Azerite system. I think it's just somewhat random to me. I'm not going to min max it, and I just go by feeling. And I seem to do okay, but really, we're just out gearing the content. That's really what happens. Is like each week you get more powerful just because you get a buff, you know, and a little bit mm-hmm. extra gear, and eventually you're going to get all the content down, which, okay, that's good. But for me, like, Heroes is is something where if I put more time into it, I can learn to play better and become, you know, learn, you know, so it seems like it's a better time, better investment of mastery mm-hmm. to me. So that's really kind of where I'm at, so... And I think the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up is I think a lot of people are in these, I think right now they're in a lot, everyone's kind of in this, do I play Call of Duty Black Ops? Do I play, you know, Heroes? Do I play League of Legends? You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of demand for people's attention right now. You know, new games have come out. Yeah. And I think, and, you know, we talked last week about how not to give a fuck. (laughs) That's what other people think, but then also trying to control the inner voice. I think this... This week, we're talking about how to kind of like settle your inner voice. Right. Because, you know, there's there, you have a commitment, right? When you do a character in WoW, you know, you've put several weeks well, into it. And especially, too, because you're paying a monthly thing, right? So I think a lot yeah. of people feel obligated to play. And when they don't have enough time to play, they feel like they're wasting time or money, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And like for me, I couldn't buy Malganus this week because I didn't have enough gold because I didn't <laughs> play enough heroes. So, right. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it too, yeah. right? Because if you're like, well, I'm going to be losing out on monthly content, you know, that doesn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the re- in the past, you used to be able to run a heroic or two and keep up, you know, mm-hmm. with your daily commitments. Right. Because you still get a chance of gear or something or tokens to get a piece of gear. Yeah. But now you have to, you know, do all these quests all over the country, continents mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's so to me doing world quests to keep my necklace powered, it's not the right design, I don't mm-hmm. think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, and I mean, it was. I think in an MMO to have more grind post the grind, you know, grind being level yeah. is kind of counterintuitive. Like, I would do it if I was getting more rewards to do, like, say, Mythics, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you could do a Mythic and I mean, I totally feel much, with Mythics. I enjoy Mythics yeah, a lot, honestly. Just Mythic, ze- mythic Zeros, you know? <laughs> it's like, Mythic Zero, you get as much uh, uh, AP. And maybe put a cap on it so you can only get so much AP per day, but like four grand AP after doing one or two Mythics. You mm-hmm. know, it's like... That to me would be fun, you know, right. running around just doing these world quests to keep my, and that's not so fun. Um, and, you know, like I said, though, but I don't really feel like, I think it's all over the place. Like when you listen to Asmogold, he was complaining about everything from how the loot system worked to, you know, <laughs> I had a list of videos. Really? And, you know, and he's really, and I think he's he's really down on the Azerite gear, but he was also down on the Legion um, legendaries. And so he, his, his, you know, complaints go much further back. Mine are just like, I just don't feel like grinding the gear, but I like right. being with my friends, but I can't spend every night with my friends. <laughs> it's like, you know, playing World of Warcraft. It's not right. like it used to be. And then even two nights a week seems like it's a lot. You know, yeah. So. Well, especially too, because it's like, what, four hours maybe? If you're raiding yeah. like officially and things like that, that's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a part-time job. Right. <laughs> you know, eight hours a week, that's pretty legit. Um and I don't think a lot of people have that kind of commitment to, to stay relevant um, anymore. And, and I don't know. For me, part of it, too, is I don't have the need to do rating. I don't know why. I just have no drive to even, like, want to sit there and get, like, you know, part of me, like, getting gear is fun. But, like, sitting there for four hours and having a chance for one piece of gear because of the personal loot stuff, like, it just doesn't sound interesting to me at all to have that much effort committed to you know maybe get something like (laughs) that's so ridiculous to me and then i know there's reward systems in place for like beating the boss and things like that whatever um i just personally find more more to gain from competing against uh actual players right and it kind of stems into the team league discussion that we kind of already had and things like that but I, i just think there's so much more value currently in my own mindset that i get from being able to play a role well in heroes and playing um like with a team you know playing with friends and executing and stuff like that i think that's just more fun right now from just a a game to game perspective because we can do you know a whole game with all the highs and lows and the intensity in 20 minutes right (laughs) yeah Whereas, like, a raid takes, you know, multiple wipes, multiple attempts, multiple this, unless you're, like, just on all on point, which feels great, but at still the end of the day, you might not get a reward, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, fortunately, I have a great group of friends, mm-hmm. you know, in the game, so that makes it very enjoyable. Yeah, I can see and, that having a lot of, like, positive benefits that I don't have, so I'm speaking 
very <laughs> openly about that. <laughs> but the other corollary to it is they play a lot, you know, and that's the other thing. Mm, is okay. The, and when I was playing a lot, we got, you know, I felt like I belong. But now that I don't play a lot, I don't feel like I belong. I don't want to take up a spot making them have to carry me through a mythic or... Ah, I see. You know, so it's like, you know, they would, you know, but I'm like, eh. You know, it's like... Yeah. And more, more importantly, I think, you know, putting this back on Heroes of the Storm, I think there's a lot of people that that's Heroes of the Storm is their wow, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, to them, the things that kind of frustrate them, OP heroes, matchmaking, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think there's a number of people that are rather competitive and they want the matchmaker to be more competitive. Even the team league stuff where people are happy, there's a contingent of people that feel that like it's not competitive enough, you know, that, you know, it gets kind of weird um, and snowballing and such. So my hope is that for those folks, if they quit playing Heroes of the Storm, you know, a lot of people, when I've heard it, they said they stopped playing because their friends stopped playing. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so kind of what happened to me. Yeah. And so, you know, in Heroes of the Storm, people quit because their friends stopped playing. But I think with what's going on in Team League, it might be like that, you know, bringing people back. I think Blizzard has a, a, well, the Heroes of the Storm team have a tremendous opportunity now because one of their people has moved on, not necessarily quit, you know, but kind of in a quit. They moved Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, so now Heroes is, you know, Alan DeBerry is no longer the game director there's a potential chance for a new vision for the game to come in and guide the game to a new direction. Yeah, a new captain at the helm, so to speak. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about, I don't know how much power these um, directors have over Mm -hmm. their franchise with regards to can they make decisions about what, you know, or do they have to go up the corporate ladder and get permission? And more importantly, do they have to be careful not to draw too many eyeballs away from like say HD, like um, Overwatch League or World of Warcraft. I do you think they, they care? Do you think they care about that? Well, I don't know. You know, it's like that'd be an interesting s- thing, right? Well, I mean, I think Blizzard likes the fact that World of Warcraft gets money every month. You know, right? Because of well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I think they like the Overwatch League because people, you know, there's people paying them a lot of money for franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, I think, you know, the two cash cows right now, Overwatch, well, there's three, Overwatch, uh, um, World of Warcraft, and Hearthstone are the cash cows, mm-hmm. you know, for Blizzard. And then the merchandising arm, and then there's Heroes of the Storm and, you know, StarCraft Two and Diablo, you know, right. who in their own right generate revenue. Um, Don't you but, think when they release content like this, Heroes makes a decent money? Don't know. I mean, they don't really release those numbers, but I feel like they would have to make a decent amount of money. Cause like I don't know, it's like twelve, fifteen dollars to buy like the mount pack, and then another fifteen dollars to buy the hero, and then they added like all that like life and undeath thing that's like advertised on the home screen right now. It seems like that's that's like thirty plus ish dollars total, or yeah, over that, because I think the life and death pack is more expensive. I think it's sustainable. You know, yeah. I mean, it's got to be netting positive, <laughs> or otherwise yeah, it wouldn't be it, around. But it's not going to, you know, it's not propelling the company. You know, if it was, mm-hmm. there would be a lot more. You know, there would be probably more Reddit users. That's one of the. Uh, other I see. I, I, I see. Kinda, I see your point. Yeah. I mean, like you know, World of Warcraft has a million subs. I think uh, Overwatch has a million subs. 
And then all the other ones have about 200k subs. I think Hearthstone has about five mm-hmm. to 600k subs. I mean, we just broke 200k subs in the summer. So, yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm it's the, the bottom line is that, you know, just like, you know, um, you know, uh, hot slogs, you're trying to get an idea. Mm-hmm. I think the company is profitable. Don't get me wrong. And I think the game is profitable, mm-hmm. but it's and I think they're committed because, you know, to the design process, you know, to release heroes in a more, you know, six week cycle um, to continue the uh you know, the interest in the game. I think that's one of the things about the game is the meta and the new heroes that keeps it kind of fresh, you know. Whereas, that's, what, that's what draws me in. Every balance yeah. patch, that's what makes me excited to play the game, especially, like, uh, not even just new hero releases, so to speak, but, like, changes to old heroes. Yeah, and to me, I think, well, that's definitely a draw. I think if they, if they commit to making, like, um, Hero League a little bit more, um, you know, rewarding... And mm-hmm. they continue what they're doing with Team League. I think the game is going to. You're going to see help. You're going to see a, a upswing in subscribers. Mm-hmm. You know, more importantly, I think you're going to see. Uh, I'm prepared for the next like four to six weeks, probably eight. You know, going all the way to Christmas, um, an upswing in new users because you know right now just over the weekend we had like six posts on Reddit about hey how do I get into the game you know mm-hmm. because it's a pretty vast it's a very large learning yeah. gap you know. Well, um, as the hero so, pool gets more complex too, it's just mm-hmm. going to get even more intense. <laughs> and what's really funny is the, the you know the eight heroes that cost two thousand gold are all pretty competitive. Muradin, Rainer, Lily. I mean, you can just buy the first eight heroes up for two thousand gold, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and have a pretty decent hero pool. Yeah, know? I mean, at this point, they're all pretty damn good. Now that I think about it, because I used to say Lily was probably pretty meh, but I think you're She's right. Got buffs. Yeah. She's got buffs. I mean, that jugs is pretty hard to deal with unless you have a good stun, you know? Yeah, it's okay. And I've seen Lili's do 50k hero damage if they take uh, the dragon. <laughs> I mean, like, you're in a weird meta, though, man. That doesn't happen for <laughs> So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, is it, t- you know, knowing when to quit, knowing when to move on, you know, it's, 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 it can be somewhat difficult. Mm-hmm. And, for those who are on the fence right now with Heroes of the Storm, I think you give yourself a couple weeks because you got BlizzCon, we're going to get hyped, we're going to get some news. Yeah. And then it, I, I honestly it, think it usually takes some... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, and it, from what I experienced so far, it usually takes, you know, several months for that news to kind of trickle into the game, usually by uh, December timeframe. Right. We'll have most of the, the hero announcements and the frameworks put in place. Yeah. And, you know, so I definitely, I mean, you know, like we've talked, you know, I'm anticipating a couple new hero announcements and, you know, changes to team, uh, the ranks and possibly how the you know, group finder works and such mm-hmm. things they've, they've hinted at. I think at group already. finder makes a lot of logical sense now with how well received Team League has been. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting to be dazzled. That's basically mm-hmm. the way it comes out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure and I'm really not that stoked about what they're announcing for a while. You know, it's really? Just like, yeah. I, I haven't even looked at the WoW stuff because I just was like, well, I'm not playing it, so I don't really need to care. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, but like I said, I'm going to give it to BlizzCon to make a final decision about WoW. Yeah. And that by that time, we'll, we'll probably finish most of the uh, heroic content. Yeah, okay. And just be like slamming into so a you'll, So, be so. going to maintenance mode, basically. Yeah, and then probably unsolving for a while because, mm-hmm. you know, 
I usually don't play the middle patch. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> to Sometimes me, right now, I think if you're if you're on the fence of not playing heroes, I think you're okay to kind of lull yourself out a little bit and uh, watch BlizzCon because I think that's probably the best esports all year aside from the clashes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for for me, when I watch the esports, I just get super into the game because I'm just like, oh my god, I'm gonna play like they do, kind of thing, you know? Because I just look, I look at them from a tactical point of view and be like, okay, these are how they are doing. The soft skills, like not even playing the heroes, so to speak. But even the still builds are important too. But like, here's how they're positioning. Here's how you know they're executing with comps and things like that. And uh, for me, that's just more fun. So uh, on that point, and then just seeing all the stuff that's going to be coming uh, from BlizzCon, you could probably give yourself a month or so post that if you're not into the BlizzCon like esports side of things before you really commit. Yeah, you know what's interesting is today um, I was listening to an, um, to I'm sorry to a StarCraft podcast. Now mm-hmm. StarCraft, a lot of people feel like yeah, it's StarCraft. I have never been to it. Yeah, I've been into it, and but there's only one podcast really, and that's Pylon. You know, there's maybe there's one or two smaller ones, but they don't get large distribution. Like I don't, you can't find them on Stitcher or anything like that. Right. I, but the Pylon show, which has um, Artisus in, in control, former uh, HC, uh, former WCS players, now casters. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting about their podcast is they have like a new... I was listening to them to see what, what similarities we have. And they're very similar to us. They mm-hmm. just have someone that produces the show. Um, oh, okay. But they seem to have the same problem that we do. Like they'll go... They'll like they'll be talking about the news and it'll take them two hours to talk about the news. <laughs> and they don't really talk about gameplay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... But one of the things that was interesting about since Heroes of the Storm, one of the things I think it makes our show health or uh, that kind of indicates health to me is we have a lot of podcasts. We have, mm. eight, you know, each week, you know, we have Town Hall Heroes coming back this week, you know, so. I know. I'm, I'm so surprised. I thought they were going to have a, an end show. They do. Go. Well, they, they tried. And then they then Jake said, he, I, was, I was watching the show a little bit before. I got on here. Yeah. But Pylon. You know, they kind of said that we want to fill the void of lack of new shows about StarCraft. And so um, that's why they, they did their thing right after the 20th anniversary. So I started watching, you know, listening to them. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stories are somewhat familiar, you know, because I've heard them before. So, and they like to recount those stories a lot. But the one thing I would say about StarCraft that's a little bit different than Heroes is like this, this afternoon, they must have listed like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes worth of tournaments going on in Star StarCraft. Huh. You know, these are like $100 tournaments, Whoa. you know, that people put on. Now, I, StarCraft's a lot different than Heroes. One right. person versus one person. It's a bracket. Yeah, you know, I mean, so you're going to have a lot more people playing in tournament yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I was just amazed. Like, they must have rattled off, like, you know, a good 20, 25 tournaments that mm-hmm. are going on in, Star, in StarCraft. Have no clue. I mean, you go to Team Liquid, you might see some of it. Or Liquipedia. But, you know, right now, you know, in, in, in Heroes of the Storm, we do have a couple of those tournaments. We have Bush League, we have NGS, we have um, Heroes Hype, you know. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the three majors, and then there was, you know, that are for tournament-wise. But I was just amazed how many tournaments these guys rattled off, you know. That, and some of the, you know, like I said, some of it was just, you know, $5 tournaments. One was pizzas. Like, you would win, you'd get a pizza. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I thought that was pretty freaking clever. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, that's one of the things I'm hoping that maybe Blizzard does really kind of think about. Like, you know, we have the HTC, and that's really dominant. We have these kind of bush leagues, but they're really disorganized. Could we put something in the game to help encourage tournament play? I mean, there's already a feature in StarCraft. Right. You know, so I, I think it would. I think it easily could be done because I mean, just look at the collegiate style, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could easily then set up something else. But think about it, like if you would say, you know, maybe just on the weekends because that's when right, they have the yeah. players. But you know, form a te- you know form a tournament league, you know, team, and then you know you play, and then you play against another team. You know, and like you're in this like bracket, right? You know, throughout the evening, you know, and, and trying to get it done in a, like. Or what you if know, you do it Thursdays, like so that it doesn't overlap with HGC at all? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking just, out loud, but I mean, yeah. I, I just think it's possible. Yeah, you know, but just make it so that they have these like little tournament things that go on where people form teams in the group finder. I mean, couldn't you see someone have... like Heroes Hearth organizing something like that? Just throw it out there because like they could. Because that's, like, that's like their thing. Yeah, maybe they have organized tournaments and then kind of random tournaments, like yeah. you know, like automated tournaments. So you have ran, you have organized tournaments and then automated yeah, tournaments. As long as people yeah. sign up with the team, you're in, you're mm-hmm. just in the bracket or whatever, and then you just see who comes out the top. Yeah, and maybe that becomes the new team league, and then the current team league becomes Hero League. You know, yeah. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. So think about it. So this is how kinda, I would it'd be kind of like whole, yeah. it'd be like old arena, right? Where you had to make yeah. a, a like a roster, and then you could only mm-hmm. play with your roster with maybe one like, um, uh, extra or whatever, or like maybe yeah. you do two if someone can't make it or whatever. Yeah. And then you know they can the incentives could be loot boxes for playing in the tournament, mm-hmm. you know, um, special banners to, you know, or something, yeah. sprays, yeah, like they always do. Yeah. I think that this that I mean, like I said, I think people want qualitative matchmaking, and I think they've done a home run with the team league. Mm-hmm. I don't like five stacks and four stacks, but you know, I'm willing to kind of go with it if they if they added this more competitive yeah. mode where you know you know, and you can have like you know singles you know, or a bunch of single random single people join up, or mm-hmm. you can just have this kind of like you know use the group finder and do it that way. Or you can have an organized team. And the thing is, is like, maybe it's like, you know, it's like a small bracket, you right. know, like four, four teams enter. I mean, the thing know, that or, surprises or, me is the amount of communication and mm-hmm. goodwill that seems to be associated with team league. Mm-hmm. The majority, the vast majority of my games have so much communication and a lot of more fluidity in drafting mm-hmm. and way less like, Oh, I, I think part of that's because the the locked draft order that's in Hero League makes things way different because you get stuck in a role like you have to pick certain picks, like or like whoever says first pick just picks whatever the heck they want most of the time, right? Yeah. Where in Team League you have the ability to lock who you want when you want, and so there's this you know drafting thing that can be built around, like I mean how I mean drafting is a huge part of the game, right? <laughs> Especially in in ranked modes. Yeah, I think that, you know, the new director, you know, I hope that when they address, they set, like, when Alan took over, right, it was Mm -hmm. like within a month, he said, here is (laughs) 2.0. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that was like like his first announcement as director, if I remember correctly. So Alan quitting and going on to his new project, hopefully the new person 
you know, will come in and, and take the reins and, and is able to kind of, you know, put some wind in the sails, mm -hmm. so to speak, you know, for the community. You know. Right. And, you know, but also moving on to that quitting, you know, this week, HGC News, we're starting to get those notices that, you know, on Twitter, like this uh, yesterday, Jen from No Tomorrow retires. And, you know, he basically, it sounded like he was just done with the game, like he uninstalled it, you know. Mm -hmm. So to him, you know, to for the professional players, it's like, you know, when they give up, it seems like it's a very dramatic event. <laughs> very, well, I mean, for them it is, right? If you think about but it. It's a very public dramatic event. Whereas yes. you and I talk about quitting playing WoW. It's a private, it's a private yeah. struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So, you know, and so now they, so I don't know if it's like, is it hype? Is it like just to say like, you know, I think Heroes Esports needs some work because, you know, or what does it, you know, really signify, you know, per se? I personally um, think... It shouldn't mean much because as a professional player, you're bound to get disenfranchised or at least want to move on at some point because you're, you're it's your job, right? Because there's going to, you know, there's going to be a point where you're, you're not going to be, you know, super invested in your game anymore because it's just kind of how it happens, right? right. It's just kind of the, the the way things go, right? You're going to ask, like, look, you know, you're going to dig deep in yourself one day and be like, well, do I really want to keep doing this to myself for what gain, right? If you don't see a positive benefit, you're just going to be like, meh. I guess I'll just, you know, let it be. <laughs> yeah, I guess to me, this is like, um, you know, roster apocalypses, that's like a three-year three kind of mm -hmm. mem, right? right? You know, for here's this term. In the, the, in the middle, you know, at the middle of the season and at the end of the season, that's when these events occur, mm -hmm. and players will quit their teams in dramatic fashions. Usually, <laughs> sometimes uh, in the beginning, when at first it was just like, you know, they lose a tw they lose like one week, and the next week the team's falling apart. Like North America couldn't almost couldn't uh, field teams in the HTC three mm -hmm. years ago, and then the response from HTC was to give them salaries, you know, have a much more structured, um, you know, payout approach to things and such and you know so that so in the second season of the HCC it stabilized a lot more but they still held on to the roster apocalypse mm -hmm. you know kind of thing. so now we're seeing roster apocalypse 3.0 you know it's more like 6.0 if you were counting per season right yeah if you're so just... <laughs> so we're in the beginning of roster apocalypse 6.0 um <laughs> And after BlizzCon, we'll be in full roster apocalypse mode when you know all the teams start making the announcements of what they're going to do. We do know there's an HTC in 2019, so we know you can count on that. Um, and you know, but will the teams look the same? And more importantly, will the will the fans continue to flock to the HTC? I think right. that this um, BlizzCon is a watershed moment. I think there was a lot of momentum going out of phase one. I mm -hmm. mean, just the, the tournaments and stuff. I think they lost some of that in phase two towards the end. Yes. I'm not sure what your opinion was. Maybe because the meta was stale, you know, like to some degree, it seemed like the same. Yeah, the same. Uh, I, I think recently, so recently I felt like the game has really picked up a lot of momentum when it comes to um, just how the game is played, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, 
I, other than that, I think overall, like, the game feels very different than it did last BlizzCon, right? Because I think last BlizzCon, it really felt like, well, it's kind of like Dignitas or Genji. Like, it was that, that show, right. right? But going into it, there's just so much that's kind of changed, and, like, they kind of just, I don't know, it, it just feels way different than it ever has been. And, yeah. you know, how I played the game to how a professional plays the game is completely different. I think in the first half of 2016, a lot of teams were able to do macro. And macro macro and double supports were mm-hmm. kind of like the way. The way. Right. And at the end of 2016, you know, double support was still viable. You know, that was still the thing you, you brought in. But it was team fighting. You know, macro, they, they somehow mm-hmm. nerfed the macro play. And it really was, you know, get a good team fight and you win. You yes. Um, and then they, they nerfed all the supports and <laughs> changed the towers and everything. So, and in 2018, or, you know, 2016, 2017, well, it was 2017. So, 2018, um, this, this year's meta, you know, it seemed like... Uh, you know, in the first part, it was because people were still trying to figure out the game, you know, so there was still some strategy with regards to towers and uh, uh, specialists, you know, and uh, double front lines, you know, uh, you know, kind of metas. Yeah. And then it's kind of shifted after the URL patch, you know, because that's when all the armor got taken away from the warriors and such. And something shifted and the soul lane got a little bit stagnant i think and so like we're at right now though i think you know the playoffs were fun i think and i I liked watching the playoff matches leading up to blizzcon so i think that we're in like you said this i think that you're exactly where they want to be meta wise Mm -hmm. you know and so i think this the 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 road to blizzcon the, the week before blizzcon I think we're going to see some interesting matches. Unfortunately, it'll be a, they'll be somewhat brief because they're not going to be best of fives. Right. So that's the only thing that's I'm kind of not looking forward to. But in the same sense, you know, I hope people come back. You know that they haven't given up on the HTC. You know, I don't think I don't see it. I think the HTC just keeps getting better. Personally, I think the casting, like we've talked about that, we mm-hmm. don't. Have to, but one of the things I saw today on Reddit was when Lohan made his post, someone kind of made a comment. They reported his post saying these these uh, discussions are somewhat boring, you know, the HTC mm-hmm. weekly discussions, and bring back the rage thread. And you know, that's kind of – I kind of scratched my – you know, I think this week we just have not a lot of matches. Mm-hmm. But it only had 23 upvotes, you know, right. the HTC – so I, it makes me wonder, like, is that indicative of the, the viewer base? Do people come to Reddit or Heroes um, Hearth to get their HTC fix? Or is this just indicative of the game and its popularity right now? I mean, we get memes that get, like, you know, thousands of, you know, upvotes. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I don't know how to read the tea leaves, per se. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Jin quitting, you know, kind of in his way, you know, just kind of like, you know, how do these pro play? I think we might see a large number of player pro players retire. And I, I mean, I get that. I mean, I totally, I mean, it's, it's kind of about time in some ways because a lot of these players have been mm-hmm. in the game for a really long time, you know? And, 
you know, they're getting older, and they want to do different things, you know. And if they're yeah. like, if they're not just, I just don't see. You, you can't expect people to stay around forever. Like they're putting yeah. lots of effort and lots of time into it, and they want to do different things, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks, but it, it doesn't mean you have to have a discussion about why. Oh, this per like the game is dying because people are leaving. Like I don't understand why that has to be even in the vernacular. Because it's totally, like, I don't, e I don't even know what word to, like, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Like, right. like if a pro quits, like, basketball or whatever, like, that does it doesn't mean the end of the world. Like, oh, they're just quitting basketball, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, but we're going to see more of this in the next couple of weeks. And the, the, how does that affect the fans? You know, do the, right. does the lack, it, it, this becomes a period of instability. Is it, you know, if it wasn't for uh, DB Smiley and Lauren doing the kind of the roster apocalypse, I wouldn't even know how to follow it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if it wasn't for them, you know, uh, you know, and their efforts, it makes me understand how the HTC works a lot better as a as a casual observer, you know. And but more importantly, you know, we you know with regards to you know signaling when is the time to quit. Is it is it best to quit on top? Do you make a big splash? You know, it's like I don't know. You know, it's like and and what is if what do they factor in? What is the mm -hmm. factors you know for a team like you know or a player like Jin to say this is no longer what I want to do, you know? Right. And is it the same? Is it the, fi is it financial? Is it the ability to achieve? Cause I think that there is an uphill battle. If your goal is to win the championship, that might be somewhat insurmountable right now, you know, for some players, you right. Know? And then just the way they say, let me move on to battle, right. Or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting time, but I know for me quitting WoW. I'm quitting 14 years, you know, that's, right. that's something, you know, and it's, it's a comfort, you know, but the game, like I said, there was a, it was, there was a casual to it there, you know, there was a casual aspect to it that I enjoyed, but this more kind of grindy have to grind in order to continue to achieve. I think it's a treadmill now and it's, it's not a fun treadmill for me. You know, the expansion release, it's fun because it's story driven, but you know, I don't know, but the scene, and I, I hate to go back and forth on this, but this is the theme, you know, you know, when do you quit and how do you quit? Right. So one of the things about uh, this week on the HEC, there is the power rankings, both Blizzard had an article about it. And I think, uh, yeah, I, was I, I clicked on it, but I didn't look, read it. Yeah. So their number one seed obviously is Genji, you know, number two is team Dignitas. So these are the, the A and the B. Okay, kind of what you'd like, expect, right? Right. But then you have Tempest and Leftovers in the three and four spot. So That's these are the spoilers. They're, these are potential spoilers. Yeah, they Miracle. could be the upsetters is what they could be. Okay. And you have Miracle and Hero's Hearth, a little bit, you know, uh, and Tempest Storm. So North America, kind of like they're in the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. They could perform and make it to the finals. But, That's interesting. You know, you know, they don't perform on the group stage. It could be out. Then we have um, uh, Beyond the Game. So Beyond the Game, um, they're a Chinese team. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they they had they did appear in BlizzCon last year. 
So this is their second year appearing, and so they might be able to throw. These are like the unknowns, the because uh, people don't know a lot about them. They might not know how they, their meta works. So these like the Chinese teams are always, you know, they have their own kind of meta in their in their region. So they could bring some, you know, some interesting things in. You have uh, Mind Freak. Um, that's the Australian team and New Zealand team. Mm-hmm. The Wan, which is another Chinese team. Uh, and then Lunar Meow, which is another uh, kind of Taiwan region. So the regions get spots, you know, as part of the, you know, their area. So what's uh, it? Uh, uh, Australia and the Taiwan area get their um, their regional. Uh, they have to earn it, though. It's not like they just, you know, show up. They do have to. Right. Yeah. You know, and so that makes the round of, you know, the round of 12 um, going into BlizzCon. Then uh, I was there's uh, Team Liquid. There, Team Liquid had a power ranking as well. And, um, you know, obviously Genji, Team Dignitas, Tempest. Uh, then that that's their top, their, what they call the Titans. And okay. then, uh, then their contenders are Miracle, Leftovers, Team Liquid, Heroes Hearth, Temper Storm. So, like, that's their, you know, these contenders, they have, uh, you know, potential to be in the top you know, and going into the finals. And then the ones they think are just going to be knocked out right away, Beyond the Game, Mind Freak, Lunar Meow, and, you know. So those are the ones they're kind of predicting to not make it into the uh, past. That's kind of what the, I would uh, expect yeah. myself. So, so that's pretty. You know, um, that's pretty much going into this week. So next week, I think is, um, I think starting the week of the 29th is when they start the uh, the group stages, and that leads into. Uh, uh, probably maybe on the weekend, like the, the Friday, 26th, 27th, 28th, uh, is when they'll probably start. Uh, what is it? October 25th. So I'm sorry. Yeah. So Thursday through November 3rd is when HTC finals will start. So next Thursday. Um, and then you'll start seeing the group stages, uh, brackets and such. And I, and Leo Lahorn, he usually puts a little, um, like kind of like a, a fantasy league up. Where you pick the uh, the outcomes of the matches and stuff. It's like a little web form that you fill out, and you either pick one. Like it's either you know most of the initial group stages is three matches. You either go two zero one one, or yeah, it's either two zero one one. Yeah, there's, there's no tiebreaker. Is what you're saying, right? Right, right. It's three matches. Mm-hmm. You know, so you play all three, and then you can get a you can get maybe it's a three out. Huh? Maybe it's if you two or one. I think it's three zero and then two one, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. whoever has the better match score, right? Yeah. So, I, I can't remember how it, but it usually it's those three matches and they play, they can play um, one one and tie, mm-hmm. or they can play two uh, zero. That's usually how it works. So that's really how what you have to pick. So it's either o one. One one two one. I can't remember. I <laughs> but we'll have no. We'll know more next week because I'm sure we'll have a post by next week. So, and then over the weekend we did have uh, the Korean Crucible where Supernova took out uh, Didong and Gluck lost to Trog, which Gluck oh, wow. was the Crucible team last year that made it back into the uh, mm-hmm. made it into the HGC. Oh really? So they're out. Yeah. Hmm. So this weekend no HGC. Um, you know, but starting next week, that's when we'll start seeing some. It's all BlizzCon next week, right? 
Uh, BlizzCon's the week after. Oh, okay. So, so moving on, we have a... Uh, we did get a... Uh, a critical kitten post um, seven days later, where he kind of talks about the uh, hero pool shifts on ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, Any takeaways? Yeah. Any takeaways? Um, I think his his uh, he's saying Brightwing's uh, win rate is somewhat improving uh, in hero league. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kerrigan. Uh, because of the nerfs, she's starting to see um, a little bit of a decline. Although mm-hmm. she's still pretty powerful, Lily obviously I still is ban her. Yeah, um, uh, Lily is seeing some um, you know improvements, obviously in Morales as well because of their 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 slate changes. So basically, everything that they thought was going to occur occurred. So we're seeing Brightwing going up. We're seeing Cassie get a slight drop, you know, um, in their win rates. Kerrigan's also slight drops, but still positive above fifty percent. And then we're seeing Lily Morales improving, you know, because of the the sustain they're offering. They they they're a bit more. Uh, I think the one thing Morales offers is, I believe, some type of shielding now. Um, the the changes that they made it affected, like, she offers some type of a bonus. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm picking up. Toronde once again because she was nerfed, she's losing a little bit. Um, and white mean uh, is below fifty percent, but still, um, still viable as a pick, I think. Huh. Um, and that's pretty much his uh, analysis there, based on you know what data he has available to him. I think personally, I would say white mean seems to be underperforming from my games. Yeah, I think Brightwing still struggles not having like burst healing healing capabilities. Blink heal is viable, but I think I think honestly a lot of her new skill is learning to use teleport effectively. Mm-hmm. Because she heals so much with it that it basically turns fights. Yeah, totally agree. You know. Other than that, um I still think Toronto's pretty dang strong if you can combo well enough with her. Yeah, she's still about fifty percent. Team League, she gets a bit more. You know, seems to have a little bit more value, a little higher win. Yeah, rate. that's a, that's what I say. In a in a situation where you have more communication and effectiveness, especially if you're playing as a duo with uh, a main tank and Taronda, you can just obliterate games. As LDAP, you are more than aware of, because <laughs> that's kind of what we've been doing the last few days, playing Diablo or whatever with. Just setting up stun lock combos and just destroying people. Yeah. So yeah, things that we kind of figured you know would would mm-hmm. occur. Browse is being picked more, having more success rate, and same with Lily. Uh, Tron is still a viable healer. Um, Rexar got a bit of a bump. He's got a little bit higher win rate now in Team League as a result of the the small changes they made. Mm-hmm. With Mephisto, even though he's been he was somewhat nerfed, he had, actually when I looked at the Mephisto changes, I think there were kind of nerfs but also buffs. You know, so it was kind of like a you know a fifty fifty. And I've been playing him a lot, you know, just in quick match and trying to like you know find out if he's viable in in what I do. Mm-hmm. And in quick match, he. You know, it's he's one of those things that like he ramps up. He's a little bit like a like a Nazebo. Yeah, I can see being, that. 
early game, he's a little bit, he's a bit fragile. He basically is just a big boogeyman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's absent. He scares everyone. He runs. Yeah. <laughs> but towards the end, if when you get all the spell power, I usually do spell power builds, and that seems to be that uh, my hero damage and my ability to close things out is a little bit better. Um, he he's a lot more, and in a level twenty, he's a it's crazy what he can do. So yeah. So. Hey, well, that was a good old Critical Kittens article, and then of course we had the uh, the the uh, hero release this week and the patch notes. And there was a pretty short patch notes. Um, basically, uh, you know, Malgalas was really Malgalas was released, and we can review that. But the bigger change uh, was the healers all had their uh, healing abilities change to how they affect minions. Yeah, it was um, normalized across the board, right? Basically. Right. And Anna, her now her healing dart uh, will now pierce full health targets. But that also has, you have to be careful because if that full health target, uh, the dart will pierce it, that means if you're trying to put a, uh, um, like a smelling salts or something like on a, on a full health target, mm-hmm. it, it has their kind of like their cleanse. Uh, that won't affect them. It'll go through them. So I'm, I'm wondering if Blizzard's going to kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> figure something out about that. Or just, <laughs> you just have to know they have to have a small sliver of life away if they want to cleanse. But um, moving on to Magalas, uh, did you get a chance to play? I, I actually yeah, we, did play him. We, we played a few games with him, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, so, I, I think he's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Just from a kid's style, he's he's pretty amazing. He's just... I mean, you really can't... You know... It's hard to figure out where he sits right now. I think he's really strong because he has a lot of CC built into his kit. You know, with... Um, just, like, how he plays is really interesting. But I think they made it... They made it viable enough in the sense that he's not... Um, like, he seems broken if you look at him, right? In a vacuum. Because he's got a sleeve. You know, he, he looks really, like, broken. But because of the way that they let, like, certain interactions of the character and things like that, he doesn't feel oppressive because he's got channel times and you have to press his Q three times and then still be near enough to impact it, right? Because everything he does, he can do multiple, you know, chains so that it messes up a whole team. But I think because of the way that they were smart about designing things, he winds up being really, really smartly designed. Because, like, I've played a few games where we were, like, all over the place and stuff, and the the hero just kind of fell off short because he didn't have... Uh, going either too deep because on the surface, again, he feels like a bruiser which I don't believe he is. He has okay wave clear, which he... He has his better wave clear than I felt he did. Um, but I, I just think he works better with a w, double warrior setup in general to be able to go in at the same time. And and so it's not as easy to counter his, his engages. Yeah. It doesn't seem like... you know. It seems like he has a an answer to any type of CC or... You know, I mean, he seems like he just has a... He's like master of escape. Yeah. Yeah, he can kind of leave when he wants to a little bit. Yeah, it's like, don't like the situation, I'm out of here, you know. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is like, he's got a lot of armor. 
you know, and I think yes. it's because people talent into those abilities they get. So I think if, if anything is going to get nerfed, is maybe the amount of armor he gets from you know certain things. I don't think his damage is oppressive. I mean, basically, what makes him his damage oppressive is that he can stay in a fight so long and just out sustain. Yeah, well, I think part of it is because he because he attracts so much attention for now that mm-hmm. people feel the need to go at him. You know what I mean? And then because of that, they wind up paying the price. Yeah. You know, and then it, I, I think part of it too is Karen's worm is so powerful as an ultimate because of the. Mm. You know, it, it basically is a stasis with a heal on it. Think of, right. think of it basically adaptation, but if you did damage and you couldn't, like you were burrowed the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and then what's a dark conversion is kind of a fun one too, where you yeah. you go, you you get your health down to nothing, and then walk up to someone and take away all their health like yeah, a diablo. It, it, it's very weird, right? I, I did it. Mm. Like I've had it done to me as a blaze. And it's very scary because you will die if you're like super low and you take a little bit of poke damage, but it takes a little bit. So if you're not like stupid enough to continue to fighting, you're it's counterable. But yeah, it's not I, I haven't actually tried the alt yet, which I got to do that probably after we do finish this. But yeah, it's one of those weird ones for sure. Yeah, I guess, you know, um, well, you know. Uh, I think most people are taking carriers from when I played against them. I haven't yeah. had someone walk up to me, take away all my health, and then kill me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it does seem like it's a viable strategy, you know. And I think people would, you know, you know if they, well, would, I think it's, it's yet to be seen which one fa- falls on top. I think they're both very strong. Playing against, you know, uh, Malganus, uh, as like say a Mephisto mm-hmm. or any, you know, any of the assassins, it just feels like. He's always he's a little bit like Garrosh. He's always like down to one or two percent health and then walks away. You know, like he's yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think he's got an unstoppable. So I think most no. of the stuff is just he's just kind of de- you know, I'm out. <laughs> I, I think yeah, so. I think part of it's too because he can do so many multi stuns or multi sleeps and things like that yeah. that really set up for teams to get like value with um, AOE spells like mm-hmm. um, Jaina or KT. Yeah, walks in, sleeps everyone, and slows them afterwards when they wake up. Yeah, like, things ugh. like that. And, and then the level 20 Carrion Swarm ult is just so huge. Being able to spawn s- sleeping bats is, is really, really powerful. I, I think, mm-hmm. I guess, the only thing I could kind of say is that Diablo is a little bit of a counter to him because Diablo has so many stuns himself built into his kit, he really messes up your own combos because, like, you have the triple hit of your Q... And if you don't get that last hit off, you don't get the stun. Uh, then if you are trying to chain your sleep too close to Diablo, he'll just charge you. Um, they do a decent job of... <sighs> Surprise, Yon. Um, they do a really decent job of not putting cooldowns on cooldown when you get interrupted. Otherwise, that would be mm-hmm. really boring. Or really obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Because like, there was a few times where I got interrupted after trying to channel my E. As long as you don't like get interrupted at the beginning of the channel, like it doesn't go through, you're fine. You just got to not be stunned anymore. But if you get locked down, you kind of get messed up. Yeah, I read that there was a post they saying is Anna a good counter to Melganus. Um, and I think I would agree. Yeah. And with Anna's, uh, you know, kind of small buff, I I have been seeing a lot more Anna's. I feel like she's pretty viable at this point. 
if I had to guess. I don't know 100%. You're more of the Anna expert here. Uh, yeah, I think she's definitely got the kit for it, you know, and she, you know, uh, the, the level seven talents where you kind of make or break, you know, what kind of Anna you're playing. Are you reducing spell damage or are you putting a slow on someone after mm -hmm. they've been, you know, and uh, to me, and then, you know, do you get the cleanse and stuff? I right. definitely think that she could, she does have the ability to shut them down pretty quickly. So, um, uh, you know, I'm not really, uh, you know, I think um, uh, ETC, Garrosh, Dahaka are definitely also really good um, counters to Malganis. Yeah, I can imagine any silence um, being powerful. Yeah. And then, you know, Anna just sleeping. But then I think Malganis, he, like, he can benefit from having an Uther or um, a uh, Medivh or an ETC or mm -hmm. even a Diablo. So... Um, you know, I think there's like you, what you're looking to, uh, you know, combo with him. I think the Medivh giving him the portals to get in, giving him the the uh, the kind of the invulnerabilities. I think that's you know, and same with uh, Uther with the armor, you know, or the invulnerability as well, makes him very very scary. Mm -hmm. So, have you uh, picked like a build that you like to play so far? Yeah, um, let's you think see. Do-do-do Yeah, so I've been... I kind of looked at... Ishbu had a build guide, or, like, a build he came out with on, his, like, on PTR and things like that, but I think most of the time, his, his build feels pretty, like, situational. Like, depending on what team you're going against. Um... Mm -hmm. Level one, I've been mostly going time to feed, which is what you'll see a little bang, like uh, fangs on the character. But he heals for 50 damage when damaging a nearby enemy hero. This occurs once every six seconds. Um, or I go wing guard, which is the armor tied to your W ability for physical damage, basically block. Dub, uh, at four, I've been basically going Fueled by Torment, which is while Necrotic Embraces active, you heal for 12 when damage is taken and Vampire Touch converts more, 50% more hero damage to healing. I think the main thing here is the 15% more hero damage to healing, because then you're just in the middle of it, pop your W, get all the damage from the W, and then just continue to heal. Uh, there can be uh, situations where going the increased armor is fine against mages and things like that, and also at four, the Necrotic Embrace explodes, dealing area damage. That is useful, actually, if you're trying to be a solo laner, and I actually picked that on a few times when I was doing it. It can be useful. Uh, having it take, like, three seconds to expire can leave you vulnerable to poke damage, though. So mm -hmm. it's up to you. Seven, I've been going Will of Tychondrius, which is the third stun hit. He steals 4% of the max health from enemy heroes. Uh, that's, it's, like, amazing. Other than that, I think you... I haven't really gone in the auto-attack talents yet. And then the... I do night, I've do i done Night Rush once, I believe. Which is, after Night Rush expires, it does 31% or 31 damage per second for 4 seconds. And then it, basic attacks against heroes refresh this. Oh, that's interesting. So you can get a decent amount of stacking damage on that one. If you continue to attack the same hero. I didn't actually notice it continued... I haven't really seen much of the auto attack talents. I've been going Carrion Swarm at 10, 13, either Deep Sleep, 
Yeah, I was going deep sleep, getting that 0.75 percent, uh, 0.75 second increase plus 10 percent more movement speed while using your E. And then I don't think I've tried any other talents there, yet. I can see points where Blood Rush is good, where you get healed, you gain 1% movement speed for 8 seconds up to 15%, since the hero does want to be attacking, and he can be quite slow when just walking. And at 16, either go blind as a bat, obviously with communication, and then I've also gone Necrotic Embrace, which unleashes a bat waves in front of you, and you deal more damage. So you're just kind of hitting more heroes with your W. It feels pretty good doing that talent. Also helps your lane clear. Then 20, honestly his 20s are all pretty broken, in my opinion. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. No, I haven't played them. Uh, okay. I haven't I didn't get a chance to hit them. So. so the 20s, you have Seeker Swarm, which is after carrying the swarm expires, bats seek out heroes you damaged. You have to hit them, or it won't do it. You have to hit okay. a hero, um, or it won't spawn a bat. And it sleeps them for two and a half seconds. So if you were able to hit like all five of them, and then they try to run away, they will be sleeped, and it's pretty ridiculous. And Wrath of Nathrazine, which is the Dark Conversion upgrade. Enemy heroes near the target suffer 75% of the damage traffic over 3 seconds. I think the... What's the difference here? Swap percentages with the target. I'm not sure what the difference here is. The, I'm looking at hot slugs, so it might be different to mm. not the complete thumbnail. Enemy. Oh, near the target. Oh, so it becomes an AOE. Whoa, Jesus Christ. That's weird. Um, that's pretty broken, too. <laughs> I haven't actually used that. I think it might be fun to use. And then the other. Yeah. Go ahead. The impression I get is like he's like a bit like Harrell. You know, um, just different. You know, in this yeah, sense, a little bit. The same kind, of, the same kind of like engage. You know, and then more, either more you wind up. Yeah, like, more well, he, more main know, tanky because he's got more hard CC. Right. Um. And you know he doesn't leap in. You know he yeah. kind of wanders in. Yeah, he kind of like he wanders in, sleeps he everything. But, he's very chaotic. Right. I mean, like, Ural and Blaze, they have similar kind of, like, stun and gauge, right? Yes. Where his is more like sleeping gauge. You know, he kind of, yes. like, walks in. It's like a soft kind of, CC engage, which is weird to say, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just it's just interesting, the three styles of warriors we had released right. this year. You know? Yeah, it is and, interesting. They're not, you know, the, the thing for Malganus, though, like, Blaze kind of fits the, the old version of a solo laner, right? Blaze mm -hmm. is kind of like a Dahaka-esque in some ways, right? He just mm -hmm. kind of broke the rules with Bunker because instead of just being Dahaka who can burrow, it's like, hey, let the whole team burrow. Um, to me, I have a really hard time placing where Malganus falls because he feels like an Arthas in some ways. Yes. But at the same time, he doesn't fit Arthas at all because he's got like these stuns and it's like his, he doesn't have a defensive alt. Like at all, like his his right. alts are like semi-defensive healing alts, right? You know, it's kind of like a Maev walk in, get some armor, yeah, yeah, you know, and then CC and then walk out. You know, <laughs> he just doesn't pull anyone with him, right? Because like all the all the other main else. tanks have a ultimate that gives them sustain or an ultimate that engages with them, right? Where I guess 
technically his alts are sustain alts, but they're more of like take you out of the fight alts or very high risk alts. <laughs> yeah. You know, like where Murden, Murden just uses his his avatar and he's just like, all right, well, I'm not going to die now kind of thing. <laughs> and so it's interesting. And then the, the other one I want to bring up real quick is the Alone in the Dark at 20, which is enemies put to sleep by Night Rush have a vision greatly reduced during the sleep and two seconds after. That is pretty powerful because it's basically isolation minus the silence. Right. Very, very strong. I, I'm debating whether or not to try that one time because <laughs> I could definitely see that being like if you sleep three of the team members that's dumb yeah it's crazy because yeah. then you know, then the follow up you know as long as you have the, the like the ring of frost or the yeah the Li Mang uh, waves I mean yeah. if you just pick one right you just pick one yeah. of them like that should turn a fight so it's interesting that they're putting some of these things on the kits yeah so, yeah, but I think, you know, so far he seems to be getting, you know, there is a few posts on Reddit where, like, he's too OP and people are like, yeah, but we'll give him, like, two weeks. And be back. Yeah, I don't, I don't put, like, one, it's been one day. Like, come yeah. on, people. So He's not but, being banned yeah, a lot yet. No, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, they're still Kerrigan and Rainer and the Asmodans are getting the bands and yeah. and uh this, you know, so I think overall there's still yeah. more there's more pressing people to ban, personally. Yeah. You know, like you could complain about having a new hero, but like there's still Rainer. There's still Phoenixes. Like you know, we didn't really get into it too much, but I still think like when you're playing this game and someone picks a hero that's powerful right now, and they're really good at it, you can feel it because they carry their team. Yeah. You know, like I've had games against good Phoenixes and I'm like, oh boy, like this guy's actually really good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and then you're like, well, we need to go for like, even if it's not the standard, like go for Morales, like this is a Phoenix and he knows how to play. We need to make sure he's out of the game kind of thing. Yeah. And I have actually felt that. And I think that's it. That in itself is props to the design team because right. the design team is building kits that incentivize high level plays from a from a person who knows how to play you know their mm -hmm. specific role and i think that's really important and i think that's where things like malganis's kit is going to shine because there's yeah. because his things aren't, aren't linear right you have to do a pattern for his q to make it work you have to know when to use his w to get the most value so your healer doesn't need to like you know save you. On you right yeah. Or like you have to be able to know I have do I have enough time to channel my E to get my night rush to you know hit three people or the people I need to hit. Yeah, so so far I think it's a successful release. You yeah. know, I think he met, overall he met the hype. Yeah, and I mean, he's just cool looking to too. Seen. I mean, he's got yeah. one of the coolest mo uh, models in the game and dark. I like the mecha. Yeah, I like the mecha skins. <laughs> when you, when you, when you skins press Q and you hear it with the mecha skin, it's like, vroom, vroom. It's like it sounds like a lightsaber. There's like it a lot. <laughs> Same with Mephisto. He had like a kind of a cyber skin. Yeah, no, they're, they're really doing the cyber releases. Maybe that's a hint. Yeah. If we're if we're yeah, feeling if we're thinking about getting our tinfoil hats out. New new Stormwind. <laughs> yeah, right. Neo Stormwind stuff, right? Neo Stormwind. That would be awesome. Ooh, maybe a map. That'd be cool. The first map of in like 
well, I see. First map that's in Heroes of Storm universe that's was teased from skins only. Mm-hmm. Right? That'd be neat. I don't think we're going to get a map reveal. No, I don't I think, think there so was some... There's too many maps, I think, I think right some... now. <laughs> yeah, I think people were speculating like this map that turned out to be a rework of mm-hmm. um, of uh, Gardens, the Garden of Terror. They were ex- they were speculating about something where you got wisps or something, and I think that's kind of where Garden of Terror is right now. So I don't I don't right. anticipate another map re- no. release. Not um, even not even not in a while. Maybe like an announcement on a rework for. Uh, seems like Hot Mites again. Yeah, well, that's and then Hot Mites was removed this week along right. with DirectX support. So if you run on a potato, guess what? No more 32-bit clients and no more DirectX nine. Oh really? Upgrade to Windows. Yeah, upgrade to Windows eight or Windows ten, and you know, 64-bit. And you should How many happy, people so. have potatoes now? Is my question. Yeah, there's a there's a I mean there's a, dec- there's, a, there's a decent <laughs> amount of people probably, but mm. I feel like it's getting rarer and rarer at this point. Yeah, you know, but it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, stability of the game, streamlining, you know, not having to maintain two games. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's I a dev choice, right? They have to. Yeah. They have a limited time to, you know, fix bugs and all that stuff. They gotta make hard choices. Mm. Mm. So wrapping up this week, we um, we we switched from hero discussions on Reddit to battleground discussions, and the way I'm kind of formatting those discussions is I'm following the current um, uh, hero league uh, team league um, map pool. Mm-hmm. So the first discussion on Thursday was a lead off with Alterac Pass, the the most recent uh, battleground released um, this summer. Uh, and, you know, what I did was I followed kind of a similar format that I've done with the hero discussions where I give a little, you know, Wikipedia entries uh, or, you know, one of their, their wiki entries. I then find a couple of videos um, of strategic guides on how to play. Usually not Paradox is the one that posts the most um, uh, video guides on these. And, and, and then um, sometimes I'll be able to find another one like a, like a Cavalier guest or mm-hmm. someone else. Um, when I did the uh, first Alterac pass, in order to get like hero win rates, the heroes report and hots logs, basically you had to go to their websites and then you couldn't directly link to that map's hero pool, like, you know, the win rates. Huh, that's um, interesting. They, but I, on the next post for um, uh, uh, Battlefield of Eternity, Heroes Profile, which is another site that aggregates data from hotsapi.net, mm-hmm. uh, they do provide a direct link to their um, their hero list. So um, personally, for me, when I'm like you know uh, um, looking to figure out who to pick, I use the Hots Complete app for the mobile. Right. Um, so and I can filter all that. You get sponsored app. by them because you say their name all the time. Yeah, they're, it's a great little app. <laughs> you know? I wish it ran on PCs. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. Sometimes on laptops, but it's good to have it on my mobile. And then, like, you know, you can put builds in there. So, I mean, it's a great tool. If you need, like, a... It took some pictures of me early before I knew this app existed where I had, like, little crib sheets all over my desk, you know, of, like, builds. And oh, really? The way I remember, the way I remember builds is, like, numbers. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm actually... Um, I'm spending a lot more time in the, um, the trainer. Um, like, with Mephisto, I spent... You know, a good hour or two in the trainer, just kind of going back and forth to the level. You know, just to see how Mephisto mm-hmm. can he take can he take uh, camps? 
can right. he how does he wave clear so i've been spending a little bit more you know kind of practice time and i not paradox did a video last week where he talked about how do you um how you can how do you time your stutter steps and and oh, know you're getting maximum value what he did was he basically does an auto attack onto a um one of the target dummies, right? Like right clicks and just lets it start doing its thing, and he gets like a baseline amount of damage. Um, so let's say it's like uh, hundred damage, right, mm-hmm. per auto attack, and then your sustain is hundred. Well, then when you're a moving around, you're trying to keep that number at hundred or just you know plus or minus maybe like one uh, percent or two percent. Oh, I so see that's how like, that works. So, so basically by just like, you know, learning how to A move around the targets and then keeping that number, it kind of helps you with your timing um, of your A moves and making sure, you know, so that's how you know you're being successful huh. uh, with the stutter step. And then, of course, with all heroes, you have to weave in stutter steps and abilities. So like like with Mephisto, he, you know, he gets a lot of value from his auto attacks. That's how he does reduces his cooldowns. Yes. So when you cast your big abilities, you got to make sure you're, you know, you're auto attacking as well, you know, targets. Because if you don't, you, you're going to run out of, uh, you're not going to be able to cycle those abilities. And yes. that's one thing when, you know, Mephisto kind of shows up and, you know, W's everywhere and then blinks out. It's another thing when he shows up twice or three times in a row because he hits so many targets and, and reset his uh, cooldowns. That's when, you know, Mephisto, that's the difference between a, a, a <laughs> Mephisto player and a really good one. It's like right. he's just constantly like, you know, zapping forward. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's like when I get my Ganis, I'll do the same thing. I'll try to figure out, you know, what combos work. And I, I kind of like I've told you when you've done your videos, I do look for clues on what combos should I look for on the hero. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not obvious, you know, so. That's one of the things. That, that's one of the reasons why I do watch them. One of the so I would probably think that any mages that can lay down spells is probably the go-to for. Um, Malganus, oh. mm-hmm. and um, healer-wise, I can see Taronda still working really well. Deckard probably is given just because of how you know his his stuff works right now, like. Uh, AOE root into AOE sleep, you know, like it's just double AOE sleep on top of that. Like that's just so much lockdown ability. It's just crazy. Um, uh, other than that, I'm trying to think anyone else. Hmm. Chromie could probably work too with against though. Tychus is probably a really good counter. Because he kind of wants to be in the middle of the fight and be chaotic and things like that. So Tychus and his minigun is just going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know? Just just from, like... Tychus is close range, too. So if a, you have a tank that wants to go deep, especially with players right now, what I've noticed is they want to play him more like a Sonya, where they want to go super, super deep and think they can do damage. And that's just not the case. It makes sense. Yeah. But moving back to the Alterac Pass uh, discussion, you know, we had a, it was a pretty, you know, team discussion. We did, I think it stayed up for most of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the feedback, you know, I mean, not Paradox's video is pretty on point talking about like Junkrat and Poke yeah. has a lot of value on this map. Um, when the map was first released, the camps were stupidly overpowered. Same with the, um, the heroes when they spawned, they've been teamed a bit. Um, I think the cores are weak. 
yeah, the cores are a bit weak if you if they get penetrated from the keeps. You know, it's mm -hmm. pretty much lights out. I would say two things that I kind of observe on this map. If you can't win the point, if you can't recap, like you're you're down a person or something, right. you really should try to go take a boss. I think that's your only counterplay. Trying to trickle in and, and not and you know it might not be worth it. I wish there was just, more camps on the map. Personally, yeah. I think having well, just the one camp is a little. Well, there's like, the camp, and then there's the two bosses north right. and south. I, I just wish there would be like one more. I don't know why. I, it just feels like there's like a lot of empty space in the map. There is. In fact, that's one of the things I, I think like uh, Lost Vikings, Avatar get a lot of value on this map because they can split soak and, you know, keep their team as a four stack you know, mm -hmm. and then show up. So basically get the 10 and then from 10 then show up for team. Well, I guess, really I kinda, guess you kind of thinking from that perspective, then it's kind of like the opposite of shrines because shrines has so many camps and things to do. Right. And clutter and things like that. Pathways. It's like the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Right. Le leads to more interesting draft choices then, right? Because then teams would be like, okay, we're going to be this team that keeps you s split and like trying to deal with us on a macro level versus the team who's like, okay, we want to do skirmishes. We want to get all these camps, like do all these things. Like, you know, I don't know. Just thinking it through. Yeah, and I think as part of your preamble to going for the capture point, you really do have to get that middle camp get that pushing down middle and you know really when you do get if you do get the um the tribute or whatever you want to call it uh writing down the middle middle is probably the most value you know really? um i i think so because it's he diddle diddle run down the middle you know and you have a beeline mm -hmm. into the core right so right. it's like i think the middle keep is definitely the key to victory that's I interesting you think it'd you know, be one of the side lanes because those are boss lanes I think it's middle, you know, because that's where the camp, the strongest camp is with the um, the armor reduction and things like that. So, mm -hmm. even though they've been nerfed a bit, I, but like I said, if you're if you can't contest the point, go get the boss. You know, go the opposite end, get the boss. At least you have a counter push. You know, if you can get both bosses, you know, more power to you. But I right. doubt that you have enough time to do that. Um, Most likely. So, not. yeah. So like I said, and like I said, you know, if you can't cap your point. Defend as much as you can, um, but if it's looking like you can't defend, just fall back and go get a boss. I, th I think that's the thing that most people haven't figured out on this this map yet. Mm -hmm. um, and even the two videos I linked were app they were prior to uh, nerfs in the map. So I think the, the 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 meta for this map is not fully understood or explained yet in nope. the documents. So because the your pros haven't played it at all. No, not even been in an HTC map. Um, and the commentary we got is whether most people are like it. I don't like it. I think it's Snow Wally. No real kind of like consensus, uh, in-depth assessment. Yeah. It basically, it's a lot of feeling. I feel the the, the, mm -hmm. the objectors are Snow Wally, blah, blah, blah. So Continue to ramble. Uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. So um, I'll soft you a bit here. Uh, you know, uh, with regards to things that you want to try to do when you are capping points um you need to make sure you bring in enough uh support and uh frontline uh because the you know the objective is to try to recap so junkrat is a good counter uh insurgency you know might say to keep people off the point um anything that's like team fighted like i think like uh 
Mephisto is a good example of another hero that might be good on here where he can he can come out of nowhere and do a lot of damage. Yeah, with regards to um, the map itself, uh, I, you know, it's new, not a lot of, you know, no pro play on it at all. So we really don't know what the pros think of the map itself. The one uh, good thing about the um, the guide, I was able to find a Chaos OS article about um, mm-hmm. Ultra Pass. And this was dated, uh, let's see, June 19th. So it was the day of the release. So mm-hmm. basically, it was the impressions of the release. It wasn't like something after the um, uh, uh, after the reworks or the the, the, ba- the balance changes. Where I think a lot of people felt the map was when on release was just too snowballing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do a quick look real quick. When it came to the balance changes to the map, it looks like on July uh, on July third, they reduced the health of the uh, uh, of of the generals um, from twenty four thousand to twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. And then they gain. What they'll do is gain um, four and five maximum health every minute after the twenty-one minute mark. So they kind of have a set um, health pool, and then they, it goes up afterwards. And then they nerfed the cavalry. They gain. They what it was was when the cavalry were first when it first released, the cavalry gave armor to nearby heroes. So basically, you basically were in a wall and were well protected. That's why you could just run down the middle. And then, oh, um, okay. Yeah, and then the health, and then they reduced the health and the health scaling and damage, and then the uh, Reaver minions, uh, they did increase the uh, the damage scaling on those uh, Reaver minions um, by fifty percent. So that's why it's like I think at the three minute mark when those things spawn, you have to be on point. You really need someone kind of like just they're up, go get them, because they really do help pull down the middle. Uh, and then on the tenth of July. Uh, they nerfed the ice giants' um, attack speed um, by thirty percent, uh, but then then they increased the damage and um, uh, they increased the damage on it. And then the bonus damage that a uh, cavalry would give was um, a flat ten percent. Hmm. And that you know that was pretty much the the balance changes they've occurred so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get to the point where I was talking about the heroes that were strong on that map. Moving on. I seem to always lose these things. <laughs> uh, Hots logs, that's what we're looking for. All maps, Ultrack Valley, Ultra Pass. And let's see here. The upload stats right now. Chogal seems to have a pretty good time on that map. Lily, yeah, she's the blinds really do help. I think I, I played Lily. That's probably my number one support I play on there. Phoenix, Tyrael, Varian, Hammer, Asmodan. So um, a lot of specialists get a lot of value. They have a high win rates on this map. And every you know uh, every a lot of ranged assassins and ranged DPS seem to also do well on that map. Things that don't do really well, Tassadar, Chen, Medivh, Kel'Thuzad, Garrosh, Hanzo, Malfurion, Stitches. These are all kind of like uh, below 40% or in the 40 per- 45% or below. 
Sounds about right. So, yeah. Uh, even Murky gets some value here in Gazlo. I, I remember like a lot of Gazlo play on this map. You know, early on when I started playing it, yeah, the turrets and such. Um, but you know, and I, like I said, I think if you have a talented living Vikings, lost Vikings player, they can give you a lot of value. And same with an um, an Abathur as well, just because you know there's so much space, the Abathur can um, body soak and not feel threatened uh, because of the slows and, and the transition spots between the lanes and such. Overall, a pretty good hero discussion. Uh, on Thursday and over the longer week, and then on uh, Tuesday we had a hero. Dis- we had a battleground discussion for Brex, uh, um, Battlefield of Eternity. Now the thing about Battlefield of Eternity for me, it's like my worst map. So I was definitely um, interested to see what other people had to say about the map. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent changes. Um, that I'm aware of on the map was around the same time that they released Ultrag Valley. They started putting um, icons on the map so you knew where the the opposing immortal was and what your immortal was going to be. You know, so oh, okay. Which, which was rather helpful. Um, they also uh, they restructured the uh, around June the the key, the fort uh, and ta- and uh, the fort the structures and all um, the forts and the keeps had their uh, XP values changed some, somewhat to stop snowballing as well. Um, that was uh, the two major changes they did this year. Um, and then they also changed it so the heroes can no longer heal, heal, shield, or target ally mercenaries with abilities. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so no more you know, you know, kind of riding them into the, uh, into the game. Uh, with regards to uh, HTC play, it does get you know it does get a lot of HTC play. Usually, it's the Game Five map. I don't know uh, that or Towers of Doom. <laughs> so yeah. maybe the two uh, Game Five maps. So um, let's see here. Uh, The most picks for the HTC were typically Genji's, Hanzo's, Malfurion's, Greymane's, Liming, and Tassadar. Um, these are usually your top first picks. And they're also kind of similar. In similar, they're also the same uh, heroes that get banned. Um, uh, Malfurion, I think, at the time, before he had the nerf, was, you know, he, he can create those zones where you're not allowed to go with his uh, roots and such. So I think that's why you see a lot of value with Malfurion and why he's valued high as a first pick on the HTC. And Tassadar, I think, is just for a double support since you're trying to protect a Hanzo or, um, you know, a Lee Ming or such. Mm-hmm. I keep closing the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for me, one of the challenges, like, so when I would play the map, no matter what I would play, I felt like my team always would fall behind on the Immortals. So one of the things I started to kind of mentally change in my mind is like on a map, on two lane maps, why not take the solo lane? Because if you can take the solo lane and win the solo lane, you're going to position your team um, in a better, you know, better to win the match. You know? mm-hmm. um, so that's been my personal strategy to improve my win rates on I the map. I think the solo lane on that map. Wait, is this BOE or the other one? BOE. 
It's BOE. Okay, BOE is fine. I was, uh, was going to say Altarac is really boring. No, yeah. No souling, really. <laughs> Just lanes. Yeah. Uh, so for me, winning the soul lane on this map is important. The other key element is timing of the camps, right? It always seems like the teams, when I play with them, people just don't prioritize the camps right, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think you can get a tr tremendous value. The, the highest value camp, in my opinion, is the middle ones. The bottom ones are not, you shouldn't like peel off to get those um, if you're in the middle of a team fight. They're more of like the camps I would go for after we win the um after after we get the immortal and we're on our way back right. you know what i'm saying like the middle ones are the ones you should prioritize um but i've seen people prior like i've i've seen people prioritize the lower ones for some reason i don't really see a value in that the other thing i think you can do to carry this map is pick heroes the pve damage because if you can get the immortal down fast um that you know that's going to guarantee you the win as well so balas hanzos uh, Rainers, anything that's got that good range damage um, or PVE bonus damage. That's where I, I've been taking Vala a lot more and seem to have somewhat success as well. That's fair. And then the, the other thing I think that people need to do is defend. Do not attack your immortal. Defend the immortal that they're going after, you know, um, because you have a better chance if you get a takedown or a kill, then you can go damage your immortal. Trying yeah. to do your immortal and getting evaded is just the worst feeling. And that was so to me, it's like when you're soloing at the top, get your middle camps before the immortal spawns and then defend your immortal. Yeah. You know, those are the three things that I think people should and then pick the right heroes for the map. You know, pick I mean, the that's right tanks. That's just right an spawn. uphill battle across all the <laughs> entire game. Yeah. But I think if if you kind of stay in that kind of mindset, um, no, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And so heroes seem to get a lot of value map uh, based on heroes' uh, profile: Artanas, Vala, Diablo, Muradin, Leeming, Hanzo, Rainer, Varian, Lili, Johanna, Tarande, Greymane, Calathus, Whitemane. Uh, you know, these are like, you know, your your heroes for this map. They're all in that uh, high games played above, you know, like around the 500 mark. Wow. And they're all around the same 50, you know, the 50 to 48% win rates. It's um, a lot. Yeah. With Artanis probably being one of the most popular on this map. I was going to so, say, I see lots of Artanis on that map. But it, here's the thing. If, if they pick Artanis pick Arthas as the counter to yes. the as a bruiser because he absolutely can yeah so that's my you know hot tip you know for that and um you know i wouldn't ban artanis you know you don't think uh, so no i i think that let the team get it and just make sure you have the art you know the arthas counter pick and you know um i, I think he's just you know that's the good thing there you know mm -hmm. um I'm trying to look at some of the things that just don't work well. Uh, obviously, Vikings, Perbius, Rexar, Zul, Murky, Chen. These are all these are all heroes. Valera, Tassadar. They don't seem to have a lot of value in Hero League right now or Team League on that map. Um, let me see real quick. Um, well, I'm going to check heroes uh, supports. One of yeah, I'm filtering on the supports. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so Lee Lee gets a lot of pick. Taronde is getting a lot of pick. White Mane, Brightwing, Ana, Alex Traza, Deckard, and Karazine. I think that there's a, those are all kind of like um, very good picks at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of a lot of picks there because because they also play pretty easily. You don't have to be really tactician. Stupid I don't think, I think, think Karazine is very good, personally. When in, in that Paradox's video, I think he kind of stated that Karazine is good early in the match because he can get to secure the kills. Mm-hmm. So that sometimes helps you win an immortal uh, early on. But you know, the original, the initial immortals are not. You know, to, you know they're not the not the the bee's knees per se. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, warriors. And then Artanis, Diablo, Muradin, uh, Varian, Johanna, uh, Arthas, Garrosh are all like the the warriors you should be considering, possibly Sonia and Stitches on uh, kind of in that borderline mode. So yeah, so two good hero discussions, uh, very lively. I'm not sure your experience or what your win. What do you, do you think about B- BOE? Is it like one of your favorite maps? Are you successful with it? Mm. I actually don't know my room. It's okay. I don't... It's not my favorite map or anything like that. Overall, I think it's one of the ones you do have to really build your team for. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you do get kind of messed up. You know, I'm, like in the days of old, it's like the days of... Uh, uh, who's it called? Days of Greymane comps and things like that with mm-hmm. Greymane Vala. Like if you didn't have either one of those, you were kind of screwed. You know, if they picked one band or the other, you're like, well, our team is kind of on the back foot for the most of the game. Um, those are kind of over now with, you know, with things like, um, what's his name? Our favorite, like Phoenix and Rainer being yeah. popular and things like that. Like, there's just so many different tools at the same time uh, that it's it's a lot harder to to change. I also like Toronto on the map. Yeah, gives a lot of vision. Vision mm-hmm. plus the Hunter's Mark to steroid the... Like, if your team isn't the greatest on the Immortal, the steroid just makes it that much better. Yeah. And, you know, I you know my personal experience has been you can be a f- far ahead on this map and still lose mm-hmm. due to the fact that um, you just, you know, because the Immortal, if you have to get, you always have to get the Immortal. So right. if the other team is level 20... Even though you might have all their, you know, their forts and keeps down, if they can win a team fight under their um, defending their immortal, they can be in and take it to the end. That's how right. um, Tempo Storm made it into the HCC finals. You know, because you know, they lost all their stuff, but yet they still managed to win a team fight underneath of uh, an immortal in that area, and were able to just take it to the win. And I think, like I just played a match earlier today without a healer, but I was playing Mephisto. We were getting owned by Alarak, uh, Malganus, uh, Alarak. What was the other one? Was it KT? We were just getting owned. Uh, Nova. Yeah, they had a Nova. That's what it was. Oh, and wow. We, you know, we were, I was basically like, you know, I knew it was like GG, but, you know, we just kept hanging in there. Our Savannah's kept, uh, you know, she died like 15 times, but oh also my had, God. you know, 15. But 
you know, towards the end, you know, we power spiked on him. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, Mephisto, he gets his, uh, the ultimates and such. And I was able to kind of go in and weaken their team enough to get to secure the kills we needed to win the match in the final mm-hmm. stages. But once again, you know, before I think it was snowballing, you know, you lose the, lose the keeps, lose the fort, you're pretty much done for mm-hmm. the winnings. But I think that the balance changes they made and the experience changes they made, um, you're still in it to win it. You know, just get level 20 is basically the way it works, in my opinion. So That's fair. Like I said, I've improved on the map. It's still one of my lower end rates uh, maps, but it, it, it's one of the ones I put conscious effort into, like watching Not Paradox's videos, mm-hmm. um, reading some other guides, and just, you know, kind of watching some HTC matches just to kind of get some insights on what to do. And my, like my, you know, you've been playing with me, so you know, kind of like I prioritize heroes based on the map, not just my my heroes themselves. And I've kind of in, introduced uh, Bala to my hero pool. I think the next one I'll introduce is probably uh, Phoenix for that map, just because I think he's pretty good on the map. Yeah, makes sense to me. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much what we got for this evening. Um, yeah, unless you want to add anything else. No, I don't think so. Covered well, everything on the list. There's always more to add. You, yeah, we seem to find a number of things to talk about each week, which is always good. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking to uh, reach out to me this week, I'm, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, LDAP, at, at LDAP TV. I'm also on the Reddit forums as one of the moderators. Um, you can make a shit post, I'll probably delete it for you. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm also in game, uh, so feel free to reach out to me there. And you can find me at Eric Wenzel. Check out Feeding Curiosity, which is my other podcast. Going more in-depth on kind of the things we talked about in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, just talk about ideas and stuff like that. Check it out, everybody. See you next week.